on today's show. Woo, the panic meter has gone full from immaculate vibes to it's threat level midnight. We'll get into the game. The Mavericks dropped the first one. Jason Kidd, what did we learn? What are we worried about? Who's to blame? We'll talk about all that on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. happening hey you you know i'm i'm mavericks all the way right yeah yeah deuce i know you're you're mavs all the way he goes i'm here whenever you need me q and welcome you are locked on the dallas mavericks my name is nick angstead media member and coordinator for the locked on podcast network and joining me as always my co-host contributor at mavs.com Take a deep breath, dude. The one more thing, King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> it was uh, before we got off last night. So we get, you know, we had a, a Wednesday night live mailbag on YouTube uh, that we try to do every now and then. And uh, before, I think it was after we uh, stopped the recording, we were joking. We we're like, one of us said, "What if we lose by like twenty tomorrow?" <laughs> <laughs> We know, sometimes after pods we talk about what's the best and worst case scenario for us the next day. This was one of the worst. It's like what's what's the narrative uh, yeah. coming out of the preseason? You know, I mean, did we just were the Mavs the two thousand? Here we go. Are the Ma- <laughs> take it home. <laughs> coming up next. Yeah, here we go. We'll tell you how the how the two thousand twenty one twenty two Mavs were like Josh Richardson last preseason. Last preseason, Josh Richardson shot like 80% from three. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, and the Mavs went, you know, undefeated in the preseason. And now people forget preseason Josh Richardson was a bucket. Was a problem. This episode of Lockdown Mavs is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get McDoubles and everything. Griddles? It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to all of our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right. Let's get into today's show. We will break down the Mavericks. Do I have to read the score? I guess I God do. bless. 113 to 87 loss to the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta. Opening night did not go the way the Mavericks wanted it to. And it feels like if, just from <laughs> we, we gauge the Mavs fan base from Twitter. It's just the way that we do it when on game nights. Seems like most people are on. And it's such a small portion of the fan base. It is a it small not. portion of the fan base, but I think it, it does. It gives us at least a diverse look at people that are, are listening and caring about the Mavericks. I know everybody listening isn't on Twitter, and it's not the be-all, end-all, but I'm sure our YouTube comments are not, are not great today either. Everyone's everyone's panicking almost right now, and it went from completely immaculate vibes. Like, we just went from... The vibes are immaculate. To, like, almost like... Shut it down! <laughs> just in a matter of three quarters that the Mavericks played. They went. The Mavs got out to a 10-2 run to begin the game, and you're like, okay, here we go. We're feeling it. The Mavs are are scoring in the half court, and then their offense just stalled. And then it just did not pick up the rest of the game. And then that third quarter, the third quarter Mavs head, like, peered its ugly head again. And all of a sudden, the Hawks went on a run, and they just kind of never looked back. That's very true. Um, I just, okay, I want to get it off my chest first before we, this isn't, because this isn't the reason the Mavs lost. I just want to, it's been at the forefront of my brain, and I just need to get this out. And then we'll, you know, be able to touch the car. (laughs) 
and then we'll get back into being fully honest of why the Mavs lost the game and all their failures in this. Why change the rules? Why change these dumb rules? Oh, and all and all we I'm hear and all we hear about is it's the Trey Young rule. Like, why do we do all of that? But yet the two prime examples of what they were trying to change, it happens in this game with the poster child for the rule. Like, I just don't understand, like, both of those calls, the stop into Tim Hardaway, then the, the I cannot believe the one they called on Dorian, and he got free throws for that. It was just ludicrous to me. Once again, it's not the reason the Mavs lost. I just wanted to get this out of my system already, and now we can take our shots at the offense and kid and everyone else and be flat, flat out honest the rest of the pod. I just, I was so pissed off in the moment because it was the exact guy that a lot of this stuff is like was built around these rules. The, the NBA over the offseason changed the rules on if you're an offensive player basically initiating contact into a defensive player in an unnatural way that it wouldn't be called as a foul. And so Trey Young with the you know drive down the court, he's got somebody on his hip, he stops, throws his head back, and then it gets called as a foul. That shouldn't be a foul according to NBA, you know, official like the NBA Referees Association and all that. They actually used video of Trey Young as examples for these yeah. things and yet they get called yeah it, that was very confusing but i think the big thing for the Mavericks is people are are, are people are panicking a little bit and <laughs> and Jason Kidd is the scapegoat for everything this year last year it was Porzingis uh, a lot of time to, i think it was Donnie Nelson and the the roster construction but this year it's going to be Jason Kidd you're going to hear so much about Jason Kidd you're going to hear that Jason Kidd is from, from national media people, you're going to hear it from everybody. Everybody is going to be talking about Jason Kidd, blaming Jason Kidd, talking about the offense that he set up. Uh, and I think there are are things that you can take away and say, okay, well, that was not great from Jason Kidd. I don't know if it all can be on Jason Kidd, especially a game like this where the Mavericks played that bad. You're like, okay, the Mavericks, like the scheme didn't make the Mavericks score 86 points in a game. They're like the lowest they've scored since 2019. Uh, there's there's a lot of things to take away from it, but Jason Kidd's going to be the scapegoat this year. Yeah, I'm not used to you know we've had Rick for so long, and has been you know one of the you know, more respected head coaches around the league as far as NBA Twitter, and everybody's like, oh, you know, most people that you talk to national oh, Rick, solid coach. I'm not used to getting on Twitter on NBA Twitter during a game like this, and like. <laughs> Um, you're the head coach of the team is just getting ragged on of all the jokes and everything. And there's really nothing you can do to defend it because, you know, because it's like what we've talked about before is we have to see the change, right? Like the past two stops that he's had in Milwaukee and Brooklyn, they didn't end great. And so like, that's what that's, that's still on everyone's minds, right? So like they're, they're going to carry that until proven different. And so like this first game and you're losing by a lot, a lot of that stuff, you know, from John Hollinger to, you know, Sam Vecini, like there were so many people just tweeting out their stuff about kittens. Like, unfortunately for mass fans, like this is where we're going to be at until the winning cures it. Right. I mean, this is, this is part of it. So where are some of those, where's, what are some of the things we actually saw in this game that made us think, okay, that, that maybe is a Jason kid change that didn't go well, that, that makes everybody start talking about how Jason Kidd's a bad coach, right? And and actually, let's be clear. I'm not going to take any victory laps if he's like a good coach, right? Like I'm not going to be the one that that is like, oh, yeah, we knew it. If he's a good coach, blah, blah, blah. I'm also probably not going to celebrate if he's bad either, right? It's just it's either, either direction that this goes. Uh, I'm not going to say I told you so or anything like that. 
But I think a couple of things that we saw right out of the gate, it within the first two minutes of the game, two Dorian Finney-Smith post-ups on Trey Young. That, yeah. Like that, those were designed. Those were, those were picked out by the team. You could just tell because that's not a natural Dorian Finney-Smith offensive move. How many post, like go ahead and look up on synergy. How many post-ups has Dorian Finney-Smith had? I think he had less than four all of last year. Like, like all, yeah, all of his career. But, but just, like they were taking advantage of the mismatch in that. Like they, they, they looked at it and was like, oh, Trey's guarding him. So we got to get him the ball. But, if you put a, a offensive player in a position that is not beneficial to him, even if he's going up against a bad defensive player, it's still a person in your way. It's still a guy with arms that's there. Yeah. You know, like if Dorian Finney-Smith posted up without any defenders, how well would it go? Right. Like it's just not a part of his game. I don't know. I'm sure it's, it's like that Patrick Ewing. Do you practice that play? Do you work on that play? How, do you try that shot? Right. It, and so there's things like that in this game where you're like, okay, Willie Colley-Stein taking mid-range jumpers. Like, okay, there's, there's a couple of these different things we saw in this game. Dorian, Dorian taking you know some mid-range shots, stuff like that, where you're thinking Jason Kidd has allowed, has, has, has given players free reign a little bit. We've talked about how he's empowered all these players. He's empowered Dwight Powell to take threes. He's empower, empowered Christoph Porzingis to be a basketball player, do all this stuff. These are moments where it goes wrong. When you empower people a little bit too much and you you don't put them in the right positions to succeed. Carlisle was, we, we, we went the whole pendulum basically. Carlisle was all, no, stay in your box, stay exactly what you do right. And that's how he got good stuff out of role players. But if Jason Kidd's going to go, and this is one game we're taking this from, but if Jason Kidd's going to go, all right, everyone can, you know, expand your role, do a, be a basketball player, do all that kind of stuff. This is the opposite of that. This is where it can go wrong, where everybody's just trying to do too much and you just get a bunch of contested shots and it just doesn't work. Credit to the Hawks defense for sure. Yeah, I want to take, I mean, we have two more segments of this pod. I want us to brag on the Hawks too, because I think that's a huge storyline of, t- of tonight of how good the Hawks are and can be in the league this year and how deep they are. But for Dallas, yeah, a lot of it was offense. You know, when it comes to, it's one it's one game. I, I do want to stress that it's one game. Let's let's calm down a little bit. Walk away from the ledge and let let's get a few more games, you know, a week or so under our belt before we take some huge, you know, overarching uh, themes from what this team is or lessons from this team. But it's one game. But out of one game, the offense was the main storyline. It was the majority of the questions post game. It was majority of the jokes on Twitter about taking the ball to Lucas' hands and everything. <laughs> That's where all of this centers around right now. Is how does the offense look this year for the Mavs? We'll talk about where it went wrong, a couple other things we saw, and how the Mavericks ended up losing this bad. We'll talk and break down that, Luca's game, and everything. But before we do, let me tell you about McDonald's. This episode of Locked on Mavs is brought to you by McDonald's. Yeah, like E-I-E-I-O, McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where you can connect with families. It's a place where you can go out with your friends after something. If you can go after, go. this is the perfect night to go to a McDonald's. Go out after a bad loss, get some fries, get some McDoubles. You're like Mc, stress eating at this get point. Get some McChickens. You're not, you're not supposed to do. But just just go there and hang out with your friends. You don't have to you don't have to overindulge. Just get, just get something. Get some go apple over, slices. Go get some apple slices. Go get some apple pie. McFlurry. Oh, McFlurry after a loss like this would be nice. They have the orange drink back. They have the high C orange. That's my favorite. That's like if I would go to McDonald's and get one thing, it's the high C orange. For some reason, it's just better there. It's a place at McDonald's you look forward to stopping after a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. Stop in at McDonald's after a big sporting event like a Mavericks loss. Go to McDonald's. Hang out. Get some food. Enjoy it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
I'm loving it. You're so weird. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into some more about this. We got to be weird sometimes because when, after losses like this, I know some people don't like it. You guys are like, you're too positive after losses. But I don't know. We enjoy doing this pod. We, we enjoy talking about I don't even think basketball. we've been positive yet. I mean, are we Mav State Media? What does Mav State Media say? <laughs> I love that term. I think it's, it's the laughter. People don't like laughter after losses. I'm like, okay. I'm what sorry. If you want to find somebody sad, then. All right, Find thanks the for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. We are going to get into the rest of this game. Make sure your second listen is Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd's doing incredible things over there. Josh Lloyd was giving Jason Kidd crap, too, during the game. He asked me, right in the middle of the game, he tweeted me, how's the Jason Kidd era so far? And I said, I said, well, the Mavs held the Hawks under 90 points in three quarters, so that was a, that was a positive. All right, what else do we see in this game that maybe is an indicator of, of some changes in the Jason Kidd era? Well, okay. There were some spacing issues. Um, so, Dwight, <laughs> yeah, Dwight just didn't have a good game at all. Uh, you know, I'm preaching to the choir to a lot of people listening to this, but he just didn't play well. And the whole rim running, but you're not going to, you know, space KP out. There's this. It was too clunky at times. There's too. It was too crammed in the paint. It. You just didn't have the spacing compared to last year, and it was very evident. This goes into what we, we want to give the Hawks credit because they definitely deserve credit. The Hawks defense oh, yeah. was great in this game. The Hawks defense with their wings. John Collins has turned himself into a pretty good defender. Yeah. Uh, I'll eat my words good. on that saying a couple years ago, I didn't think he was a good defender at all. Now I, I, I'll i eat some words on that. DeAndre Hunter was great in this game. He had an absolutely incredible game in this I game. Love when, you him. Got, when you got some wings like that, and obviously Clint Capella fall, like in the like in the backcourt, the backcourt, the backfield, what am I, <laughs> the back line, uh, he was great as well. And so when you have that, the things that Dwight Powell does is not effective because you're like, okay, Jason Kidd, what did Jason Kidd talk about before the season? Everybody's a triple threat. Everybody can do a bunch of different things. Dwight Powell can, you know, pump fake and, and drive if he's going to take a three and then they have to close out on him and then he can drive. You can't drive against these wings. No. You can't drive against against these guys. You can't drive at, at Clint Capella. You can't do that against a team with solid defenders like this. And so that's why that's one of the reasons why Dwight was just rendered kind of useless in this game, basically, because he couldn't rim run. He wasn't, and then he wasn't defending on the other side either because Trey Young would be able to throw floaters over the top of him and guys were shooting and finishing over him. And just, it's one of those games where you're like, this is just not a Dwight Powell game. Yeah. And so when, when he plays 20 minutes like that, it hurts your team. Minus 21 for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, bad game for Dwight. You bragged on the Hawks, man. I mean, they're scary. Like they, I mean, I know Mavs want, you know, Mavs fans do the whole like Trey versus Luca Hawks versus Mavs type thing. You don't really want, you don't want to do that right now because the Hawks are a little bit more advanced in the roster. I mean, they did this tonight without Gallo and without Lou Williams. And so when you, I mean, factor in, they have their starting five of Hunter, Collins, Capella, Bogdanovich, Trey Young. Then off the bench, you got Herter, Cam Reddish. Then you add in Gallinari to that. And then wherever you want to put Gorgie and, Delon Wright, which, whew, um, yes, the Delon Wright era, and then Lou Williams, like they they can legitimate go like eight deep, nine deep on on their bench with good solid players, and I love their wings, man. I love DeAndre Hunter. I think when you look at, I mean, you guys are listening to two guys here that have watched every minute of Luca's career in the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I look at when I look back at players that have guarded Luca really really well. I think this is like a top five defensive performance against him. I think this in a is a single game. 
Yeah, in a single game. Yeah. I think DeAndre Hunter played him so well. Now, the Hawks are a very aggressive team, and the refs let this game let this game be a, a, you know pretty physical and pretty like hands on, which I'm fine with. I, I actually like it. So it was just Dallas never really matched that. They never really adjusted to that physicality. And DeAndre Hunter, man, he just he's such a good defender. And I thought he did give Luca. I mean, Luca praised him. He said he's a heck of a player. He's got a bright future in the league. Like a lot of times, Luca just kind of just, yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a good defender. He played good defense. But like it seemed like there was a little bit more oomph in that answer from Luca of like, yeah, he's good. Like he's going to be good in this league. So I want to praise him. And Cam Radish had 20 off the bench, but they just have a really, really good team. That when you look at the East, man, like I mean, I picked them to be third in the East. I feel very confident in that now, but they're they're close. Like I think they could be close. Yeah, and this is a team that that dominated the draft over a couple year period, right? Like yeah, they've made some good picks. John Collins, Kevin Herter, both really good first round picks, but high um, picks too. Hit. Like DeAndre Hunter is a fifth overall pick. Like that's a pretty dang high pick. In addition to. You know, I mean, how, how many first, yeah, how many first rounders they have on this team? If Herder, Cam Reddish was a top 10 pick, you know, that was obviously the, the pick in the Luka trade, but they just, you know, Trey didn't even have a, a super crazy night either. I mean, no. I thought Dorian did an okay job on him, you know, the first half of that, but they had six players in double digit scoring. Like that's what a very well-rounded team does. Trey didn't score until four minutes and 10 seconds left in the second quarter. <laughs> was that before or after the bull crap? Hawks were already up ten points at that point. Uh, so yeah, um, we're giving we're giving all the credit to the Hawks. Like they they played a really good defensive game. The Mavericks also played a bad offensive game. Uh, the Mavericks defense was was decent. I thought in this game, the Mavericks de- de- defense was not like terrible, especially in the first half. Uh, the Mavericks de- off defensive rating in the first half was was ninety eight point one. That's a really good defensive rating. It's just that the Mavericks couldn't match anything they did on offense because it was so bad. Let 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 me take names, take let me take coaches' names, players' names and like even the team name out of the equation and let me word it like this and see see what you think. A a team that was in the conference finals last year. Yeah, right. <laughs> plays a team who just lost their head coach of 13 years and that was a 6 seed last year, lost in the first round and lost their longest tenured head coach, brand new head coach in the first game and they lost to the team that was in the Western conference or in their conference finals last year in the East. Like if you take all, if you say it that way, you're like, okay, it kind of makes sense, right? Like you kind of expect the team at home too. That was just in the conference finals to beat the team. If their first game with, you know, somebody's yelling at me right now. Like, oh, are you right for the Mavs? Sure. Don't give a crap, <laughs> but I'm just saying if, if, media. if you view it that way, it's like, okay, like, I mean, it sucks. They lost by that much. But it's like the combination of this really good team that has the continuity from last year to this team that has a brand new head coach that they're still figuring it out. And they still like look bad. Like Dallas didn't look good at all. Like even at halftime, they were down by seven. They should have been down by like 20. Okay. Yeah, like it was bad. It, it was it was a bad night for Dallas, but I still want to give them time. Like it's just one freaking game. Yeah. If yeah, Moses that- Brown played, would they have won? No. Coming up next, we'll tell you why Josh Green and <laughs> Moses on. Brown was the key to victory. <laughs> no. So, yeah, we're, we're giving the Hawks credit. The Mavericks looked bad on offense. Uh, here's one. Ooh, I'm ready. Why did Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown not play more? I'm flabbergasted about it. Don't get me started on this. Reggie Bullock so, should be starting over Dwight Powell. That, we that's just, hands we, down. We, 
coming up. Let, let's get into <laughs> some of the lineups that that Jason Kidd. There was a moment in the game when I, I looked at it and I said, okay, this is the moment right here. Jason Kidd needs to make an adjustment. And he tried to. He tried to make an adjustment, but he has to make he had to make a big adjustment offensively, and he didn't. We'll tell you what that was coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It will not let you down. Coconut marshmallow puff. Back. You can go check it out. Yes, They're delicious. Back. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 6 grams of sugar in a bar covered in 100% chocolate. They're delicious. Go check out. They have all kinds of different flavors. They have like a new flavor every four days or something like that on Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You get 15% off these incredible protein bars that also taste like candy bars. So go check it out. Built.com. They're great for a snack. They're great for a, a breakfast on the go if you need something quick. They're they're awesome just to have anytime when you need to be away from a pantry or a fridge for a, for a while, basically. Go check them out, built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your entire order. How many boxes? How many? It doesn't matter. Go ahead and get it at built.com. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into the rest of this game. So there was a moment in this game when I said, all right, Jason Kidd's got to make a move. He's got to do something. He's got to change something. And it was in the third quarter. The Mavericks were down by like, uh, what was it? Eight points. And I said, okay, Jason Kidd's got to make some kind of move. He's got to change something. And what he did was he put in, it was, it was, yeah, the end of the third quarter, the Mavericks were starting to come back a little bit. And he put in Luca, Porzingis, Reggie Bullock, Maxi, and Brunson. And I was like, okay, finally, finally made that change where it's, it's Luca and four shooters. Finally. But it didn't happen until late in the fourth quarter. Mavericks, they weren't down by eight. They were already down by um they're already down by 16 points. And you're like, okay, that's when you're gonna start to mount a comeback. It just it was a, a lineup change that happened too late in the game. And I was confused why Bullock didn't play more. I'm kind of wondering if there's something going on with Bullock that they haven't played, that they didn't play him more, that he was out for some of the preseason games, that that he had that illness during training camp. Like there's just there's something that seems like it's off well, with he, him. he had a he had a family thing that that went on that kept him out of the preseason games, and you don't know. I mean, since he was out for you know a couple of those games, is he still like getting back into like game shape? Or are they going to play him more yeah. after this? We, we don't know. If, That's what if I'm, I'm not saying a secret injury or anything like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying there, there's something wrong with him, whether it's conditioning or something. Uh, but I, I would like to see more Sterling Brown and and Reggie Bullock play. Now they didn't shoot well when they were in the game, uh, for sure, but. Those two guys, the way that we talked about the Hawks wings, I think the Mavericks wings could have done a similar thing to the Hawks offense. And I think that they could have, it could have helped them win that game, at least given them more spacing on offense too, instead of playing, you know, Dwight Powell, Lott, Willie Collie Stein, all that kind of stuff. Cause you're not, well, you, they weren't winning on the pick and roll stuff. It would had to have been the drive and kick stuff. The, and, but that's the thing. It's like when you're committed to the two bigs, you played 60 total minutes between Willie KP and Dwight. And it's like, but when when you're committed to playing the two bigs at all times, you know, which they even when they did run KP at the five there for a little bit, I still don't think they really even had the spacing figured out a lot. So but when you have like when you're swapping out Dwight and you're bringing Willie in, like when you're committed to the two bigs, this is kind of like where you're at. Therefore, it's taking minutes away from Sterling Brown and Reggie Bullock. I would love. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've been on this like KP should be a five. They should be, you know, running small, like spread it out, let's run, like having space and everything. If you took Willie's minutes away and you, you know, 
if you want to swap out like Dwight when KP left the floor, and it's like, all right, well, Dwight can play when KP's not in and didn't run some pick and roll stuff. But then the, those other minutes are going to Sterling Brown, Reggie Bullock, adding more space to the floor and all of that. But I mean, that's just that's just where I think both of us would stand, not just myself. I think both of us would stand that way. And that's just not how it's being ran right now. Yeah. Uh, say which one about Carlisle. He had figured out those kind of lineups. <laughs> he had figured out how how those lineups were going to work. And maybe it wasn't the best defensively, but this roster is not built to be incredible defensively. Maybe they were going to be better this year, and maybe they still could be. Right? It's one game, but yeah. And I joked about Moses, but um, I don't think Moses would have won this game for him. And I, I uh, you're talking to it. This is a straw man thing. This is no, but I, but. I, I do think that, like, I did see, I got some replies and everything about, like, Moses, like, playing or not. And it's like, is Moses going to, my question for you, is Moses going to be this year's, like, Josh Green? We made all these jokes about Josh Green last year in, in regards to, like, every time the Mavericks, Mavericks would lose, they'd have, like, a little losing streak. There'd be, you know, some faction of the fan base would be like, oh, my gosh, what is it Josh Green playing more? It's like, I feel like Moses is going to be, like, the new Josh Green this year. Be like, man. If Moses just played, He's then the I got a tweet about Josh Green last night. Somebody said, somebody said they needed some some defense. What about Josh Green to hustle on the wings? And I was like, how about Reggie Bullock? Reggie Bullock played four minutes in the second quarter and less than three minutes in the third quarter. And I'm like, that's Dang. when they went on that run. You need some wing defenders. Put out your own, like you're one of your only good wing defenders. How fast is his release though? That's I'm yes. fascinated by his release. It's so good. <laughs> that first shot drained a three. I'm like, oh, let's go. Like, I, <laughs> I want Reggie Bullock to play 28 minutes a game. <laughs> and he played what he played in this game 15, and Sterling Brown played 10. Making $10 yeah, million. Dollars. Sterling Brown was one of five from three, but the Mavericks weren't getting good looks at three in, in this game. Another, another credit to the Hawks. Uh, we said that it came down to the three point line. The Mavs shot 13 of 43 from three, and the Hawks shot 15 of 35. They just got better quality looks. Yeah. Uh, I, two, two players I want to talk about. One is an obvious in Luca. Um, I, I still think there's a, a level of conditioning that Luca can get to as far as uh, a little bit better in shape, but also like, I think it was a combination of that. Just knock it off some rust. I thought Deandre Hunter, obviously we covered that played him really well, but he, he's just got to shoot the ball better. I mean, he, he was what six of 17 tonight, two of seven from three and yeah, I feel like he settled a little bit at times and he hit some crazy shots too, but yeah, I think he's got it. He had to hit the crazy shots. He couldn't get anything. He couldn't get any of his stuff where he just drives in the lane and tries to finish over guys because DeAndre Hunter is too long. Clint Capella was there, and it's just he couldn't do that kind of stuff against a team like this because they defended well. And so yeah. if, Luka, if Luka can't get easy stuff, it, this game this game sort of reminded me. If, if stuff wasn't going well for the Mavericks early, it seemed like they were going to have to work for everything. And it, I don't know if they were ready to work for everything in this yeah. game. The second person I want to talk about is probably the best playing Maverick tonight. And that's Jalen Brunson. Brunson. Yeah. I thought Brunson had a solid game, 17 points, seven of 13 from the field, three of five from three. Um, yeah. Came off the bench, played 25 minutes off the bench. He was, he was their sixth man this year. I mean, this is why he was what came in fourth, fifth last year and six man of the year voting. Some people, you know, gave him a few votes as predicting him to win that, you know, this coming you know season. And yeah. I thought he played well. This is the thing we, Oh yeah, you did pick him. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, this is what you want to see from Brunson, right? If you can get 17 points out of Brunson on a That's night right. that the starters' offense is rolling, then sign me up. Sign me up all day. But uh, yeah, he was three up, of five from three, and two of those were late or later in the game when Luca and him were playing together. I thought it was interesting him and Luca playing together. Uh, I think Tim Cato pointed this out on Twitter. It said, "I'm interested to see if the Mavericks 
they're playing Luca and Brunson together. Do they eventually have moments where they play without one of the two? And I don't think they did. Besides garbage mm-hmm. time, I don't think they played a minute without those two guys on the floor. That's something to watch. Because you have to have you have to creators. <laughs> this game they put in Trey Burke. They 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 played the water bugs again towards the end of the game. Did you see that? We <laughs> yeah. had Brunson and Burke uh, in there, but yeah, with, without those two guys. You have no offensive creators. And we knew this going into this. We knew this going into the season. This is not something that we're learning after one game. We already knew this. Yeah, for I mean, we went the longest time for Trey not willing to take a shot, and he took three of them in this game. I got rid of the crickets on here. Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> uh Tim Hardaway Jr. took a shot in this game. One of those uh Trey Young patented stop and pops pop his head back uh and you can see trey young or uh, tim hardaway jr on the sidelines he went to casey smith and had to get his his chin stitched up he got a couple of stitches what did they say he said he got he three has stitches. the coolest beard ever it's like i wish i could grow a beard like tim i'm like i feel like it would like pad cushion a, the blow shot. yeah maybe he would have had to get seven stitches if he didn't have the beard that's true but i thought tim played at least a decent game it's it's one of these games when when tim it, uh oh. Is the season cursed already? No, it's not. Stop. Tim Hardaway what? Sr. was in the building. And Junior only scored 14 points. Um, is he, the magic uh, is the magic gone? No, it's not gone. Okay. He had an incredible uh dunk attempt. Cool. And- that would have been amazing. It was so nice that John Collins like helped him up, gave him a, a little butt tap, and was like, hey, respect for going for the yam on my yeah. face. Uh, I love that. I love that from Collins, too. Collins is growing on me. I, I wish he, he was, was really good in this game. He's he's developed a lot of skills. He's he's a player that has gotten better year in, year out. This, this team just, is so much fun. Like I want to Hawks. dislike this team, <laughs> but they're a lot of fun. And yeah. if I was a fan of the Hawks, like I'd be so hyped for this season, and the way they took it to the Knicks, it was like it was yeah, so there's something about that you rooted for. Trey's a little annoying, just how he plays, but I love all the other play. Like John Collins is fun, Bogdanovich is fun. Like I love DeAndre. Well, they have a bunch Hunter. of play- they have a bunch of players we've been calling the Mavs to get for years. Capella, <laughs> yeah, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Cam Reddish being good for them is like so will be so like crucial for them. Still doesn't, yeah. I mean the the whole dialogue about the the Trey Luca trade it's so played out. <laughs> it's played out, but like, it, yeah, there's still a portion it's, of people like that's like okay, well Cam's. They even talked about on the broadcast tonight. Stan Van Gundy's like, man, it'll change it so much if Cam is you know is good. Now they got Trey and Cam for Luca and like all this stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah, like I I get that. Like that, that's really cool, but you know, Luca is a generational talent. We don't have to to do this. We don't have to do this. I'm (laughs) done with that. Cam Reddish scored 20 points off the bench. He started off really bad. He shot like one of five to start and then got really hot. He just doesn't, he doesn't care, man. He's like, I'm going to put this shot up no matter what. What about Gorgie though? Step back jumper. Gorgie taking some jumpers. We, that's another player last year. We were like, get Gorgie, bring Gorgie in. I think he could be a stretch five for the Mavs and boom, there he is. DeLon Wright missed a layup and I was just like, "Mm, okay. Another one you missed out on, Bobby. <laughs> we didn't talk any we didn't talk about Bob Volgaris' ESPN daily 
Well, I got so many thoughts. That's a whole different pod. Yeah, I think we'll have to save that for tomorrow. <laughs> no. There you, <laughs> there you go, guys. We will be on Lockdown NBA today. Isaac and I are hosting. Adam Mares is actually in Dallas, which is kind of funny that he's here. Uh, but he's on, he's with family. So Isaac and I will be on Lockdown NBA. Go subscribe to that show on the podcast and YouTube. Isaac and I are going to go watch the other games, and then we'll go record that show. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out.